Hello, I am Lee Hedgebantelis, the principal of Brighton's Lawyers, and welcome to Law Pod. And today we are joined by two very, very special guests. And as you know, Brian's Lawyers is very active in the NRL space. We sponsor a number of teams, including the West Tigers, Newcastle Knights, but also the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And I am joined today by two stars of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and that is Josh Mansour and Campbell Graham. Welcome, boys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. As part of my research for today's podcast, Josh, I spoke with our CEO at the West Tigers, Justin Pascoe, <laughs> whom I understand that you know very well. And I asked Justin, Yep. from your days at Penrith together. Any stories of Josh that I can, you know, like uh, raise today in our podcast or embarrass him with? And he says, none for public dissemination. <laughs> please, I'm <laughs> a clean skid, please. What, well, compared to him? <laughs> 100%. Okay, 100%. well, I think you're right there because those who protest too much talk about others are really talking about themselves. Exactly right. I should do a podcast with him or the people that know him and back in the day. You'd get a lot out. Oh, yeah. Gentlemen, look, we usually start at the beginning. I mean, because, you know, everyone knows who you two are, but no one really knows your history sometimes and in, in where you came from. Sure. It, it is a bit interesting. Sure. We'll start with you, Campbell. You're the, you're the newer member of the team. Sweet. So tell us about your story, how you came to be where you are today. Where did it all start? Yeah, it started when I started playing for uh, a South Sydney junior club at the Maruba Lions. Basically started because my mates at primary school were into it and um, I thought I'd give it a crack. I didn't really know too much about rugby league and I started in the under nines and I loved it ever since. You know, I played till I was about 15 there, and then I played a couple of years as a Coogee Wombat. I started, first time I put on a Bunnies jersey was in a development system game called the Junior Bunnies. And, um, you know, it's just a versus a few of the local representative teams like Balmain and the St. George Illawarra, you know, representative development players. And I remember that was a, such a good feeling, just uh, even though it wasn't, anything too big it was um you know to, to represent south sydney in any kind of way was special to me and um after that i, I played junior reps in the harold mats and then sg ball eventually 20s and then um sort of fast track from there straight to nrl so um i had a pretty um a very enjoyable rise at south sydney throughout the development and the junior years so yeah Okay, so when did you debut, first grade? Uh, I debuted in 2017, yeah, back end. I played the last five games uh, under Madge, so yeah. Uh, Do you remember that? I do, yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday. It's crazy how quick it went. Um, You know, it's already been about four years since then, so... Um, yeah, it's pretty mental. It's, it's got to be an exciting time. I was at um, the Concord the other day for the uh, presentation of the jumpers for the debutants for the West Tigers. Yeah. And, you know, it, it really is a moving sort of a, a occasion, isn't it, when you either grade for the first time or play for the, a club for the first time? Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, when you're playing 20s and that, it's always the goal is to play first grade. And, um, you know, to, to finally get there, it, it feels a bit surreal. Um, it feels like I can't believe this is it. You know, I'm actually running out playing the NRL and um, you know you're playing alongside blokes that you um, idolised growing up and, and you watched and um, you know to run out alongside them and we were lucky enough to get the win that night it was a close game and I remember Bryson Goodwin scored in the corner and Renault kicked the goal to, to seal it for us so um, yeah that, that was an experience that I'll never forget. So how old were you when you debuted in the NRL? I was 18. Not 17? No I wasn't okay. 17. That's crazy. Oh, no no we'll have a chat about that <laughs> later because <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to be asked a lot about that this week moving on. Now, Josh, your story? Yeah, a bit different to uh, Cam over here. Uh, didn't really get picked in rep size as a, as a junior coming up. Um, I started playing rugby league at the age of 10. Uh, I was a Canterbury junior. Uh, played for St. John's Eagles in the Canterbury comp and was there for seven years. Didn't get much uh, of a look in there, so I decided to uh, switch to the St. George district. Uh, played, I played a year for Kingsgrove Colts. 
Uh, and again, uh, just didn't get a look in. And uh, by chance, I got uh, got told there was an open tryout for the North Sydney Bears, who were the feeder club for, for South at the time. And I uh, played a series of three mini games. And um, at the end, I was the first name picked. Uh, I, I did a preseason with Norths at the time, played three trial games. And uh, I remember the recruitment um, officer at the time, Mark Hughes, asked me if I wanted to play 20s or continue playing reserve grade against men. And had a pretty good think about it. But uh, I felt like playing under 20s, you know, being affiliated more with South Sydney kind of meant a lot, a lot more to me. So I decided to play under twenties, and um, yeah, had a pretty good couple of years there. I played with Adam Reynolds, who is still there um, at the moment. And 2010 Grand Final went to the grand, yeah, went to the Grand Final and played the Warriors. I had a pretty, pretty good time um, in my yeah the juniors. And then progress through the ranks. Yeah, and then yeah. So again, I, unfortunately, I wanted to obviously when I was there playing um, at South, I wanted to put the NRL jersey. It was my number one dream at the, at the time, but. Fortunately, that didn't work out, so I got an opportunity to go to Penrith and uh, end up debuting there against the Melbourne Storm. Uh, it was a tough night, but I, I was actually fortunate enough to score the first try that night, and that was pretty special. It was right in front of my friends and family, and uh, as soon as I got up to, uh, after the try, I just looked over and I just see them all just cheering for me. It was, it was a pretty special moment. And, and how old were you when you debuted? I was a bit of a, I was a later bloomer, uh, 21. Fair enough. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I haven't looked back since. All right. Now, you're a, uh, a very uh, proud of your Lebanese descent. Yep. Okay, yep. you played for Lebanon. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I got um, you know, accosted by some of the Lebanese boys at the Ties the other day, Dewey and Farah <laughs> and, um, and Twali, whatever. So I'm going to yeah. promise to take them out. So I'll have to get you a long one, but I promise to take them out for dinner one night. Oh, I'd love they're, to. Because they're trying to drag me in. Um, but rugby league is not a sport that we generally identify with no. people of Lebanese descent. Mm. I mean, we're breaking down that barrier, of course, with the old Masaries and the like, and Robbie mm. Farahs and you. But how does it come about that a young Lebanese boy plays rugby league as opposed to, say, soccer, for example? Well, I actually played soccer first. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So On the wing? Uh, no, I was a striker. <laughs> okay. I was a striker. So I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I don't know, all my friends just played rugby league. And uh, I just grew to love the sport. Uh, I remember on the weekends, all we did was watch rugby league. I never watched soccer on TV. So I was a mad Canterbury supporter as a kid. And I'll never forget the 1995 grand final. My, my uncle lived in Belmont at the time. And... The whole suburb was just blue and white. It was mm. just—it was a special feeling. It was a special day, and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just just grew to love the game. Grew to love the game, and I feel like, especially where I grew up in Canterbury, it was just a very proud rugby league town. Like, not many kids growing up played soccer, so uh, for me, yeah, rugby league was just embedded. Yeah. My DNA. Well, you don't have to tell me. I mean, I started in Canterbury. My um, was born and bred in Belmore, Canterbury Road, Belmore. There, there yeah, you go. So, know the area very, very well. All right, and now the the name source <laughs> is, there, is there something you can share with us? Oh, I mean? mate, it's ridiculous. Honestly, there's no crazy story for you. Okay. Unfortunately, I wish I had <laughs> one, but uh, yeah, my um, uh, 2008, my, my first experience with the under 20 uh, squad in uh, at South. Um, Josh, Josh Mansour, like Mansource come about and <laughs> okay. mate, I, I've copped everything. Mansaurus, Super Mansour, okay. uh, Mansource and then Source and oh, it, just, it just stuck from there, honestly. So oh. that's as exciting as it gets. Campbell, a nickname? I've had a couple actually. So Herb was my original one. Herb, um, okay. Yeah, that came about from a show, Two and a Half Men. Um, I look like one of the actors in that. Uh, he's, uh, I don't know his name, but he's also into uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? 
another show on the comedy channel um, that is a funny show yeah that's yeah. a scream yeah it's a good show been going um, for about 30 years yeah no they're good real good and now it's just stretch very uh very original stretch. okay yeah. uh, fair enough that's well nice. we did allude briefly to the age of the debutants yep and um there's a bit of press at the moment about a 17 year old we mm. won't mention his name but yeah. he knows who he is and yes, who's yes. been given an exemption by the nrl to play mm-hmm. how quickly they play him who knows it mm. remains to be seen I understand that Gus came out and said something on television about about it and said that he doesn't agree with it, which I thought was very interesting. Oh. And in fact, his view was that players shouldn't be playing NRL until they're at least 20. That well, you, you grade them slowly, maybe a few games at 18, a few games at 19, and then 20 or 21. Because mm. it is a physically demanding mm. sport and also emotionally demanding. Mm-hmm. But what, what was your experience, Campbell, debuting as an 18-year-old? Were you ready for it? Uh, yeah, I mean... I just I wanted it so bad that um, you know I, I was willing to play whenever you know what I mean. So um, as soon as I got the call up, I had no hesitation about it, and um, you know I was quite fortunate. Um, you know I came in the the season at South in 2017 wasn't going so well. So like I said, I came into the back end of the year when finals hopes was uh, you know out of reach. So the pressure to perform, you know, probably wasn't um, as high. Um, you know, it's coming into, you know, uh, um, the start of the season and, um, you know, where performances really matter. So, um, obviously, I, I, I love the opportunity that I got um, as a young player and, um, you know, I was still at school and I remember going back to school and, um, you know, I got a lot of uh, support from, you know, all the teachers and the my fellow peers there and uh, that was an unreal feeling for me as well. And uh, I felt like, you know, if, if I'm good enough and... Um, you know, then then one, and I'm big enough, and you know, why not play me? So, um, you know, that's that's my view on it, and um, I understand the point where um, you know players need time to develop, and it is it is quite you know emotionally demanding, um, especially for a young kid with a lot of pressure. So, um, yeah, I understand uh, both sides of the coin, but um, you know, I feel like uh, if he's good enough, then yeah, why not? Well, that's the counter argument, isn't it? If he's good enough, then he's old enough. Josh, your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of agree with Cam. Like, yep. I feel like if he's ready to go, then, uh, you know, why hold him back? Yep. I feel like if he's got the right support system there, you know, keeping him keeping, keeping his feet grounded, I feel like, well, why not play him? If he's physically ready, why not play him? Yep. Um, again, like, you look at other sports around the world, uh, there's not that many that's got, like, age restrictions. So, um, yeah, again, I, I feel like, yeah, this, I feel like he's ready. I honestly do. If the coach wants to pick him, why not? Yep. Look, I, I don't disagree with what you say. My concern, I suppose, coming from the perspective of a, of a lawyer is that we have rules for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so if they're not going to be followed, then why have them? Yep. So yep. if 17-year-olds are going to play NRL, then remove the rule. Yeah. That's it. Then it's open, open yeah. slather up to the clubs to decide whether someone's ready to play or not. Because mm. the minute you grant an exemption to one, yes, then the, the floodgates yeah. will open. Of course. So, yeah. so why have the rule to begin with? That's my concern as a lawyer. Um, as I say, I don't know the young boy in question. He might be perfectly ready to go. He may mm. not be. It could be a disaster in five or ten years' time. Who knows? But if you've got a rule and it's not going to be enforced, then don't bother having it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, uh, like you said, it's up to the club to you know know what to do with Make the that decision, development yeah. of the player. I feel like yeah. they will know. They yeah. would know. So. Yeah. Well, the club's in the best player in the best position to make that call, of mm. course. And they, yeah. that, you know, they've got the players' welfare, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah uh, foremost. Absolutely. Look, as I say, I wish the kid all the very, very best. Yeah, of course. Enormous pressure on him, though. I mean, mm. it's just it really is unheralded. Yeah, there's been a lot of publicity about it. I feel like that's a bit unfair. Like yeah. it's just yeah, added pressure. So. Yeah. 
Um, but you know what? I, I reckon he's ready to go. Yeah, look, if, look. If, it takes me back. You know, when you know when I was doing the HSC at seventeen mm. or whatever, the pressure that was on me. That you know, the rising star and things like that. And, you know, <laughs> I, I can relate because you know it, it, it is kind of similar. <laughs> All right. Well, look, Josh, you're back at the Rabbitohs, of yep. course. Yeah. Okay. Is it going back home? Is it like returning home? Is it comfortable, like a hand in glove sort of thing? It was like effortless, was it? Pretty, yeah, pretty Turning much it up? was. Yeah, it was awesome. Place like, pretty much the same. Exactly what, what same. Have, what have you noticed? Any changes at all? Just the squad. Besides okay. that, yeah, uh, Adam Reynolds still a pest, so that yep. hasn't changed. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, honestly, like everything's just pretty much back, yeah, back to what it was when I was there. So um, I've always had an emotional connection there. Like I said before, it's just a, it's a place where uh, I was kind of given the first opportunity to play junior rep footy. So that's really. Yeah, it's really meant a lot to me and um, to get the opportunity to kind of, you know, get back to the club where it all started, I, yeah, it was really important to myself and my family and, um, yeah, it was a, okay. it's, it's, it's an exciting new start. All right. And from your perspective, Campbell, I mean, it's the only NRL club that you've, you've played for, right? So you can't really compare as such. But the Souths have really evolved over the last few years into a formidable outfit. There's no doubt about it. I went to the season launch down there at the Randwick. And I walked away from there thinking the boys look fit and ready to go. And there was a lot of talk about you know being favourites for the NRL Premiership. And that's the last thing you want to hear, of course. And then mm. you had Melbourne last week, whatever. So that's a bit of a reality check. Mm. But what have you seen yourself though, Cam? Have you seen the squad evolve, evolve over the last couple of years? I mean, to where it is now? I mean, it's bristling with talent and confidence, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, um, you know, each year since I've been in first grade, we've just been building. Um, you know, 2018, we had a good season, a big turnaround from uh, the previous 2017 season. Um, you know, we made it to a prelim and then uh, Wayne came 2019 again, made the prelim. And then, um, you know, again, last year, obviously made the prelim. So it is disappointing that we've, um, you know, we haven't got past the prelim in the last three years. And, um, you know, it just comes down to um, little execution areas in our game and, um, you know, when it comes down to, you know, the high pressure games, we need to perform. And, um, you know, I feel like this squad this year is, um, you know, probably the most, the strongest squad that, um, you know, I've been a part of so far. And um, I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, where we can go moving forward. Mm. All right, well, you mentioned Wayne. So we'll, we'll talk about Wayne for a moment. I don't know Wayne, unfortunately. I haven't had the chance to have a proper meeting or sit down with mm. him as yet, but I'm sure I will one day and I'm looking forward to it. But um, you've, in terms of NRL coaches, you've had Wayne Bennett. You mentioned Madge earlier. Uh, Anthony Seabold as well. Anthony um, Seabold as well. Yeah. They're all very different. Yeah. Okay. With Wayne, there's as much myth to the man as anything. Mm. You know, this sort of mythology about, about Wayne Bennett. And you get some coaches, I, I suppose, who are very technical coaches, and you get some coaches who are man managers mm -hmm. as such. Where, where does Wayne fit in as a coach, um, uh, you know, in terms of his approach to his players and whatnot? Because we see the sort of adoration that the players have for Wayne, the respect they have for him, which is amazing because they're willing to run through walls for him. Mm. Is, is that, the, is that the, the, the secret to the man? Is that the, the key to his success? Yeah, I think, um, you know, he's, he's really good at, um, you know, understanding each player, um, you know, for, for who they are off the field and, he understands that every player is different and um, he's able to, uh, you know, build a relationship around that. And, um, you know, someone said, it, uh, I forget who it was, but um, they said, when you talk to Wayne Bennett, uh, you, you end up walking away feeling better about yourself and more, um, you know, clear with, you know, where you stand. So um, I think that's very true, you know, when he's brutally honest at times when he has to be and, um, you know, as a player, that, that is, you know, what you kind of want. Um, you know, when you know your performances aren't there, he'll let you know and um, he'll tell you, you know, how you can get better from there. And um, he's always got your best interests at heart, even though sometimes it, you know, might not be nice to hear um, some of the feedback he's got for you. But, um, you know, he's honest and that's what you can really ask from the man. So, yeah. True. 
Is that your impression as well, Josh? I mean, you've had a number of NRL coaches, of course. I mm. mean, how does Wayne, where does he fit into that? I mean, is, is it all about man management? Is it getting the best out of you as an individual? I feel like man management is probably the best in the game by far. Um, I was a bit like you. I never had any, anything to do with Wayne prior to now. And uh, I can understand why people, why players want to play for the guy. Like, he just really genuinely cares, not only about your footy, but your life after, like outside of footy. Um, he's always checking in. Um, like, like Cam said, he's brutally honest at times, but... Um, yeah, he knows how to handle personalities, different personalities, and uh, I think that's what his like his main assets is just yeah, man management. You said it yourself, so um, yeah, like he's just a very loved person amongst the group, and um, yeah, mate, I, I can see why this for the last couple of mu- last couple of months why people want to play for him. All right, well, let's talk about the game uh, today and this year. Mm. And one of the subjects of a lot of commentary over the weekend, the first round of the competition, were the new rules. Yep. Okay, um, I have reserved my judgment for the moment we'll we'll see it play out for the first month or so and see how it works but there's a lot to be said about keeping possession of the ball mm-hmm. um the game you know is not necessarily faster as such because people are still running it it's just that the ball's in play a lot longer yep so there's no breaks as such More there's, fatigue. yeah that's right yep. fatigue will come in you could see i mean towards the back end some of the games of the weekend it looked a mess mm. like players all over the shop it really looked like oz tag yeah, you know, in some yeah. respects I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I'm sorry to see that I think the scrum's disappearing very, very quickly. And you mm. lose all those set plays from scrums, you yeah. know, set defence, set attacking plays, etc. I mean, the players didn't have a lot of opportunity to be consulted about the rule changes. Mm. How have you found them? It's only been one game, I understand that. But mm. your impressions? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much the same as you. Like, I, I don't like kind of new rules just getting sprung up. Uh, at such short notice like especially after the last year like 2020 was like a year that was obviously unprecedented and there was so much change and so much sacrifices us players had to make and then to kind of introduce a new rule again yeah. you know it's just another thing to kind of you know add to the pile but again us players we just got to handle that uh, yeah there is definitely more fatigue uh, more yeah the ball's in play for much longer and especially in these earlier rounds you know like you're building your match fitness as the as the you know games go on so it's definitely going to Definitely test your lungs out and the, and the fatigue, but yeah. um, well, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we'll really know until you know a few rounds. I agree. I, yeah. I reckon you know round one, uh, the first couple of rounds, teams are still sort of finding their feet in general. Mm. Um, you know, with their shapes and their um, defensive systems that they've been practicing at training. So um, it probably will take a few uh, weeks to adjust and. Um, you know, I guess we'll have to see how that how that works. So, the, big, the biggest impact yeah. will be the the guys in the middle. Like yeah. you know, the, you don't see that 120 plus kilo forward anymore. Like you have to be you have to be mobile. You have to have good feet, and you have to have good engine. And um, you know, like yeah, it's definitely going to be fun for the outside backs as uh, you know the games <laughs> the games roll on. If you know six again calls keep keep happening and. The middles have to keep making their tackles, so um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, it's going to be interesting because I think some teams might adapt to it better yep. and quicker than others. Yeah, yep. I think some of the scores on the weekend were a little bit of a concern. I don't remember ever in the first round mm. of the comp when people just coming back into the competition, of course, and everyone's fit and ready to go. You've seen blowout scores like we saw on the weekend. There was a lot of points put on. Mm. I mean, some you know some games it's fifty points or forty points or sixty points, whatever the case might have been. That's mm. a lot of points for the first round of the competition. Mm. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, where it goes. But as I said, in terms of consultation and the like, I don't know if there, how much there was, and these rules have been imposed. You mentioned earlier, Josh, about playing soccer. Yeah. I mean, since the history of soccer, I can only only remember one rule change when they stopped you passing the ball back to the keeper. <laughs> That's it in the mm. history of the game. We've had more rule changes in rugby in the last couple of years than the mm. first hundred years of the competition. I know. It's not a black and white sport. It's always no. grey. So, 
I think that's the beauty of it, you know, and what keeps the game interesting. Like, again, there's, there's yeah, there's a lot of room to to work with in terms of rule changes and such. But um, again, like, uh, it does get a bit frustrating when when there's a new rule change coming out because obviously you got to adapt to that and adjust as a player and. Um, yeah, it changes the mold of the game. It just right. it does. Yeah. Uh, and one aspect of the rules that really caught my attention is that if there's a um, inappropriate play, the ball or offside or whatever, it can mm. be six again. Mm -hmm. So what happens if you know you're, you're in front of their sticks, uh, you're down by two points or something, mm. and the referee waves six again? Well, do you really want the six again, or do you want the two points? You want the penalty? Does it, I don't even know. Does does the referee has have a discretion? Does can he call a penalty, or is it automatically six again? It's an interesting point. It's yeah, interesting I mean, you point. want you want the two points. If it's if the game's tied, mm. yeah. thirty seconds to go, you want the penalty. You, you want do. the two I points. Suppose you do. Yeah, you want to at least have the option. Um, I think that the refs do have the, the discretion. Yeah, the discretion. Yeah, yeah I think sure. they do. I think they do. But yeah, I don't mm. know. But it's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah, it's something something I'll ask. Uh, Josh, you had um, a wonderful year last year, of course, with the Panthers, you know, you. seventeen straight, and whatever, and just falling a little bit short mm. at the end there. Mm. With the new rules, the way the game is now, could you see anyone doing seventeen straight again this year? I no mean, chance. Yeah, no, I can't. Yeah, it was just a, it was a special like a special season I was yeah. part of with that team. Like everyone was just on. Like everyone was just in form, playing great footy. We adjusted the rules probably the best, I think. Um, I think against the Parramatta Eels it was the only game we, the regular season game we lost, and. I remember that well, we were in total control of that game, so we could have easily gone undefeated in the regular season. But um, again, I, I think obviously with the COVID rules as well being kind of a Sydney base, uh, kind of helped us a little bit. I have to, I have to admit, but yeah, geez, I've got to stop saying we. I'm no, not no. Part of, uh, <laughs> I'm not but part of. I agree with you. And yeah. The other thing about Penrith, of course, is that they've lost a lot of experience with you and James Tarmel, yep, of yep. course, and we're very grateful that James has joined the West Tigers. Mm, good asset. Uh, yeah, but um, and also given that they've had so much success last year, they're hunted now. Everyone, you know, they've they've raised that. They're not of, under the radar that's anymore. That's right. They've raised that bar now, so everyone wants to try and knock off the the grand finalists, of course. Yeah, exactly. So again, I, I still feel like they got the you know. The main structure of the team there so they've got the main spine players which obviously is the most important yeah. but um yeah no, they'll still be still be a tough team to beat this year campbell josh has had an incredible representative career uh, your name has been thrown around dispatches of course when it comes to the blues uh, i know the major sponsor of the, the new south wales blues very well he's very close to me he's a really good bloke i'm told um <laughs> uh something that you aspire to yeah, absolutely i think um you know everyone aspires to play rep footy no matter you know if that's for your state or country um you know i've seen source represent new south wales australia lebanon um and it's you know something that i really you know i suppose really want to achieve uh sometime in my career and um, it's always a goal um you know in the back of your mind to to achieve those but you know those things come off the back of playing good footy for your club and um you know that that's where my heart is um at the moment and um, you know, it will be till we win a premiership, so um, and then some. So, um, yeah, it always is something that um, you know you want to strive for, and um, you know. But there's a lot of stiff competition um, in the outside backs. A lot of young talent coming through. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm uh, you know looking forward to testing myself. So, yeah. oh, look, there's something to be said about playing representing football, but there's something to be said about the origin, though. It's just, it's just, a, it's out on its own, isn't it? It's completely yeah. different to anything different else. Altogether. Yeah, but even last year's result. Now, as a passionate New South Wales Blues supporter, uh, and as the major sponsor, right? I mean, I hated the, the result. Oh, but, us. I, but I'll tell you this, though, I don't think it was bad for the game itself or the mm. series because mm. you got, you know, a team like the, the Queensland team, and someone made the mistake of calling them the worst Queensland team in 40 years. Well, that's just a critical error yeah. Yeah. because I don't think anyone that pulls on a maroon jumper doesn't step up. Yeah, I, I mean, there has never been a bad Queensland team in the history of State of Origin, nor will there ever be. They're mm. just elevated to that next level. 
But I think the fact that they they did get up last year against all the odds, I think it's great for the actual... I hated the result, but it's mm. great for the competition itself and it really renews the interest in the competition this year. And, of course, it's going to be played when it should be played in June or July as opposed to the end of the year. But that was, you know, thank COVID for that. Yeah. So we're all really looking forward to it. But as I say, from your perspective, from a player's perspective, it really is, isn't it, the, the, the pinnacle? pinnacle? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I agree. Uh, Source, you know, he's experienced the arena mm. and even just, um, you know, watching as a fan... Um, yeah. It just looks that that extra level up. Well, I should say it's the pinnacle in the sense that, I mean, green and gold's always going to be the top of the trend, as it should be. But the origin's pinnacle because you've got the best against the best. It's like majority of Australian players playing each other as opposed to being in the same team playing other teams. And I think that's why everyone sees it as being uh, such a great contest. Mm -hmm. I think, like, especially last series, like, I feel... All the media around Queensland, you're being the worst, like you said, the worst team in, uh, in history. I think it just gave them the underdog tag. They had, you know, they had no pressure on themselves, so they've come out firing. And again, like these are the best players picked in those states. So whoever's going to get picked in that side is going to put in like put in 110 for that jersey, no matter what. So really, it's pretty much an even playing field. Really, like what would Wayne Bennett have done last year? Oh. Reading all those reports with his players there, oh. saying, "Listen, boys, listen to this. I'll read you this. Yeah. I'll read." You can it, imagine what someone who knows how to manipulate that sort of messaging would have done for the that Maroon team saying read what they're saying about you south of the ball it's just a huge it's just all out of motivation it's all all out of motivation sorry so yeah again like it's it was uh, it killed me with the result as well as being a proud New South Welshman but um, again like yeah you got to give credit where credit's due they played Unreal Series and yeah yeah. yeah, we just missed it speaking of motivation Mm. what what drives you I mean I mean, I'll tell you that I'm, I'm now, of course, the chairman of the West Tigers mm, as well. Mm. So I have been involved just on the on the periphery, on the outside, in some contract discussions. And I'm, I have, I'm now privy to contract negotiations with players and the like. And it's amazing, from my perspective, watching players that when they get through that contract negotiation, it's all done and dusted, and they, they put it away. You never hear of it again. That's not their focus. They're not driven by the money as such. No. It's just success on the field. Like, you boys fell a little bit short last year. Um, you've had you've enjoyed semi-final experience, but that that's not enough, is it? You've got to get that grand final. That's is that what drives you? It's the top of the tree by far. Mm. Yeah, by far. I feel like it changes all the time. Like individually, you have your own personal goals and you want to, you know, achieve certain things. But overall, like it's the team-focused goals that you kind of want to overdrive your individual goals. Mm. So number one, obviously, winning a premiership and then, um, you know, making representative honours is probably after that. But um, again, yeah, as a team focus, you just want to. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's what it's what you work all year yeah. for as well. Mm. You spend so much time and energy into um, you know your club and your team, and um, you you really care. You really really do care for you know your teammates and the staff, and even just the um, the fans and the members. And um, you know nothing will make me personally happier than winning a premiership for South Sydney. Because so. I mean, look, you know, I I played soccer when I was a kid and whatever. I mm. may have been lucky enough to win one or two grand finals, uh, you know, in my time and whatnot, but they're so rare. Uh, the opportunity to win a grand final doesn't come around. You think about the mm. great players in the game yeah. who have never Many. won a grand final. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm good friends with Wayne Pierce, mm. and then there's Tommy Radonikus yep. as well. Yep. Great, great player. Andrew mm. Eddinghausen, players yeah. that have never won a grand final. That's what makes it so special. Abs- that's exa- and it should be. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. And then you've got yep. those who have you know, won multiple grand finals. They speak of that experience as well. But it really is that sort of icing on the cake, isn't it, so far as your career is concerned? By far. Absolutely. You just as a, like a team effort. Like you're, you're sweating, you're bleeding with a bunch mm. of guys that all got that main focus and obviously is winning a premiership and mm. I think that's what makes it even more special because you know that the guy next to you is working as hard as he can for you to obviously be successful yeah. and yeah hopefully one day we get the experience of that no, I'm sure you will absolutely 
All right, now just a couple of final things. One, uh, who will South be playing in the grand final? <laughs> He's already preempted that. <laughs> well, you know the answer. It's West Tigers. Oh, well, well, well you know, we all know the answer. To that. I don't know where the mystery, where's the surprise. Oh, where, where's the mystery? Uh, we'll say, we'll say. Okay, we'll, well, I'll note that down. South v West Tigers, October long weekend. Get your tickets now. Could you imagine that game? We'll be pretty, could, pretty could you crazy. find a stadium big enough? No. You'd have to go to Brazil. Yeah. What's that? Is that they've got one that two hundred thousand? Yeah, ridiculous fly out. Two hundred thousand. You get all the fans to fly over. Yeah. West Tigers and South Grand Final. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. That'd be pretty special. Yeah, it would be. Pretty. All right. Now we do have a listener question. Yep. If you weren't NRL stars. Mm-hmm. What would be what would be your cheer, your career choice? What would you be doing in in your lives? I'll let Stretch go first. <laughs> uh, just dream job, anything I could have, anything I could be. Yep. Um, well, my my other hobby uh, outside of footy, which I've just taken up, is surfing. So um, that'd be a pretty cool lifestyle as well, being able to travel around and surf. I don't think it'd be the training would be anywhere near as intense as intense as what we're doing. So. Ah, uh, that'd be pretty nice. Sorry. No, I think I think the training would be a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> I think the lifestyle would be pretty good as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I'm a bit of a sports lover, so I'd probably pick. Um yeah, I don't know. Probably soccer. Some soccer player, famous yeah. soccer player. I look at Ronaldo. I see the life he's got. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. So, <laughs> all right. Let but, me <laughs> let me ask you this: What is Ronaldo's current Instagram following? Oh, it's the most. There's the most athletes. Do you know yeah. the number? Do you know what the number? It was ridiculous. Over two hundred and sixty-seven million. The last time. Makes me sick. That's a quarter of a billion people. Oh, no. oh, what do you get for a post? If the Kardashians are getting like a million dollars for a post for them, what what would Ronaldo be getting a post? I don't know. It a doesn't quarter, need any more money. A quarter of I don't even a. Want to no. Think about it. I don't but a quarter of a million, like a billion people, it's just bizarre. Yeah, that's crazy. Not that anyone's interested, but if I wasn't a lawyer, I'd be a vet. Oh, oh really? Yeah, really interested in animals. And it's hard to become animals. a vet, isn't it? Oh, very hard. Yeah. yeah, never interested in medicine. Was uh, never interested in medicine, but yeah. but being a vet and animals and that something like that would have interested is, me. I think. Um, I think the study is actually longer than to Could become be, a yeah, vet yeah. than a doctor. Absolutely, and so it should be. Yeah, I, I'm actually Vets, uh, animals are very important. Yeah. I'm actually a carpenter, um, qualified carpenter. I believe is that right? right? Yeah, did yeah. Full trade. Never? Yeah, did it. Did it. Did it. My time at South. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, full got that done and uh, currently doing a construction business diploma. Good on you. And uh, just started my own business yep. as well, my side hustle, uh, Renault Cell. So it's a renovation company which has been kicking off now and uh, all the boys have been giving it to me about because <laughs> they've been seeing my posts. Yeah, Josh, you, you might you might have read the terms and conditions of your appearance on this podcast. <laughs> included no, no self-promotion <laughs> of your own businesses. No, no, no. Okay, while you're here, go. Give it, give us, go, give us a plug. Oh, mate, it's just basically a renovation business. We uh, we mainly deal with uh, people that are selling their home. We also got an afterpay service, so no, cons- they don't have to go for a bank and apply for a construction loan. Uh, we will just give you pretty much a form, and uh, the funds will be in your account in twenty four to forty eight hours, and uh, we get our fee actually on settlement. So uh, that's the beauty of it. All right, now contact details. What's the number? We might as well get it uh, all in. www.renaissance.com.au or if you want to jump on my social media and uh, check out our account. Oh, this is outrageous, <laughs> Brittany. Brittany, can you can you invoice South for this? Can you send an invoice to South? <laughs> no I, conflict of interest hang on, here. Hang on, do I have to declare this? Is this a third party or something? I hope not. Do I have uh, to declare this? I hope not. Is this a, is this a salary cap? I, I saw an opportunity. I just took it. <laughs> is there a salary cap? Oh, I forgot. Anyways, moving on. Campbell. Uh, when your career is over in a, a long time uh, in the future yep. and with a number of premierships under your belt, what will you be doing? Um, well, I'm just about to start studying this year. Um, I'm going to start a course in health and well-being. Um, it's something that, you know, at the moment I find interesting and I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing how the study goes. So I haven't done that since school. So, um, 
yeah, I'll see how it goes. And if I'm enjoying it, there may be something along those lines of, you know, um, we got a wellbeing manager at South and, um, you know, that's some, that's a role that I wouldn't mind uh, taking up in a few years. So. Yeah, w- yeah, w- all the clubs do now and it's incredibly important, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, Stretch is actually my roommate, so he's been checking, oh, in, he's been checking in on me yeah. quite, a, quite a bit. And, so. yeah, and, and where's he in the state of his wellbeing? Is well, it okay? He's all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> do, does it need an intervention? Is there, you got to report it? Yeah, like an anonymous some, report. I'm a, a, a good case study. Yeah, yeah, wellbeing <laughs> officer. Well, boys, this has been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I enjoy all the podcasts and whatever but i really do enjoy the opportunity of meeting with you know some of the the, the members of the teams that we actually sponsor because we, ne- we never get that chance uh, that often and as i say um, when i came down to the season launch a couple of weeks ago i was very impressed with the entire organization but the way that all of you presented and i left there thinking to myself oh this is this is the team to beat um in 2021 there's no doubt about it but you know you, there's 25 rounds whatever 24 rounds to go Absolutely. whatever and it's yeah. uh, completely it's open uh, new season new uh, new rules mm-hmm. So um, look forward to South and um, or Newcastle. We sponsor Newcastle and the West Tigers in the grand final. Any more we'll teams coming up? No, no, just the three. <laughs> but we do sponsor. We've got Blacktown. I should make mention Blacktown Workers, Mounties, Wenties. Yeah, good. Milpera Colts. Yeah, Barry Ward will kill me if I don't mention them. Used to play them. Okay, when uh, I was a Milpera kid. Colts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've got the Kemp's Creek Tigers soccer team out here at Kemp's Creek as well. So oh, good. All right, boys. Look, thank you so much for coming in. I really enjoy this. Thank um, you. Got to catch up. I owe you a lunch for this. And thank you to all of those who are listening to LawPod. It's, it's a, it's a great deal of fun for me but as i say it's a real opportunity for me to also meet with these people in this sort of environment and just to probe them a little bit to see you know who they are and and the sort of things that, that interest them as well um, in and outside their careers as professional footballers so anyone who is interested uh, in our podcast can email me directly as to any particular subject matter uh, they can contact us on all our social media platforms, uh, including Facebook and Twitter, Instagram. Oh, we're, working, we're working on TikTok. You boys on TikTok? He loves his TikTok. Is that right? Source, yeah. I do got a few videos. It's oh, pretty funny. Okay. So, well, you don't get into trouble over there. <laughs> no, not, not, at not, not, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. And glad to hear us. Uh, Josh Mansour and Campbell Graham, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks thank for having you. us. Thanks Take for care. your time. Cheers.